Welcome to the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast, season four. This podcast is dedicated to public health professionals and community leaders to help you through integrative wellness and well-being through the power of the mind. Join us as we discuss those intersections between what public health is, what the public health future can look like, how to build resilience and strength and healing for ourselves and others as we continue to serve in this field of public health and wellness. To learn more about us, visit our website at sl3podcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. We invite you to join us on March 1st, 2023 from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time as we host our Public Health Career Fair. This Career Fair event is designed for early career, mid-career, and executive level job seekers. We'll also be featuring talks on our main stage about interview practices, resume design, and finding your ideal career. We'll also be talking about entrepreneurial options as well. Join us as we speak directly in our virtual booths with HR leaders of public health related organizations who are seeking new job candidates. Get your resume out there, not just out to the void, but have the opportunity to speak directly to HR people who will actually have the opportunity to view your resume ahead of time if you choose to upload it to your registration form. To learn more, visit publichealthpodcasters.com slash career fair. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to this episode of the Sisterhood of Limitless Living. In this episode, we speak to Emmett Henderson III, who shares about resilience and mental strength. He is not necessarily officially part of the public health professional community, but he is the leader of Male Lupus Warriors and is a community advocate and leader in the field of autoimmune community health, uh, community support. He also um, is a board member of the Autoimmune Community Institute and leads the monthly support group over there. And um, he participated recently in our launch celebration for the Public Health Podcast Network of the Sisterhood of Limitless Living. So we present his talk today. We hope you enjoy it. I would go ahead and love for you to share your story about, you know, what did I call it? Resilience and, um, and strength. Thank and you. Lim- limitlessness and resilience. That's pretty much the, kind of the story of my life for the past 27 years. It is. Well, so first of all, thank you for having me on. And um, with, with me as a male diagnosed with systemic lupus and lupus nephritis, um, it's, it's been a pretty incredible, crazy journey, if you can imagine. If familiar with lupus, only 10% of men are diagnosed with lupus. So they kind of called me a rare commodity back in 1995 when I had lupus. Uh, with so many different types of symptoms, of course, lupus is so hard to detect that that was the last thing that was on everybody's mind, that I had an autoimmune disease. But then when I was diagnosed, yeah, even me and myself never heard of it before, uh, didn't know anything about it or what it was. So one of the biggest things about that is coming to terms, coming to terms of knowing that now you're diagnosing me with an autoimmune disease that you're telling me has no cure and I will, be have, and I will have limitations is what I was told in the beginning. And not being educated on what the disease was or knowing anything about it, you know, I, I had to kind of take that in perspective and kind of understand and get to know about the disease so I can see if that's something that's going to be true in my life or not. So I'm going to tell you, April, it was, it was uh, pretty wild and a lot of denial as well. 
a lot of denial. You know, other than the minor pains, the blood work showed it all, but the physical part of it didn't really appear for me to be in any type of sick position. So denying it, not thinking that is as serious as it was, was, was everything that kind of was in me at the time. Could I ask um, how long it took you to get diagnosed? Was it, was there a delay? Well, did it this way. I had symptoms of discoid lupus of the skin in 1980 <laughs> as a kid. And then in 1995, I got diagnosed with systemic lupus. Well, back then, they, they didn't have a diagnosis for me. And so they diagnosed me with fevers and rashes of unknown origin. Throughout the years, I've had a lot of joint pains. I've had a lot of you know, miscellaneous aches here and there, but not anything that deterred me from trying to live life. So I, I, as, as a young man, especially with living life, I didn't go to the doctors. I, I didn't have time for that. I felt like I had so much going on with me, with school, work, and then, you know, having kids at a young age that complaining about aches and pains was the last thing that I did. And now that I know what I know, that was a big mistake at the time. Okay, thank you. So with, with, that, with that being said, in, in, when I got diagnosed in, 95 again with everything that I've gone through lupus kind of took its turn of giving me almost every organ failure back to back to back you know when I was in for one thing it's like just when I got recovered from that something else came up something else came up and then outside of the organs the joint replacements because of my bones deteriorating uh other autoimmune diseases being diagnosed with it but it's, it's something that just came with the territory as the more that I read about autoimmune diseases, this was something that came in hand in hand for these diseases to come back to back and for people to be diagnosed with more than just one disease. Now, again, like I mentioned earlier, but just trying to live life, raising two kids, working, it's, I, I had no choice but to keep that going despite what type of illness came my way, despite what organ failure came my way. Of course, I had to take the time off to get better, to let the doctors do what they had to do for me, but I, I still couldn't let that stop me from working because I had bills to pay, kids to raise, and things that I was doing that I did not take being sick as serious as I probably should have at the time, but I think my main focus was no matter what, I gotta keep on going. You know, it's, it's when, when I started having major organ failures with my kidney, my heart, my lungs, it was, I got to get over it because I got to get back to work. I got to get over it because I got things I got to do. I got to get over it. And, and this is all that I knew. It wasn't anything that, again, I was experienced in knowing anything about it all. I just know that life is going to keep going regardless. So I had to keep up with it. These setbacks, they did set me back a little bit, but I was able to jump back on track all the time. Um, it took a lot of the, the big major, the heart failure incident. Um, I had two transplants uh, done, a kidney transplant, as well as a bone marrow stem cell transplant. And that was to slow down the, my lupus aggressiveness. And when that did that, now that I think that I'm just about done with everything that lupus can do to me, I'm feeling fine. I'm living a good life until, you know, now I get brain disease. Now I have other uh, shoulder joint replacements, a knee replacement, 
all of this stuff comes after the fact of having this type of transplants done, thinking I'm okay. But lupus kind of hindered around a little bit, decided to mess with other parts of my body. With that being said, again, I, I, through this whole time, I continued to work as much as I could, except for the times I needed procedures. But one thing, April, that, that stopped me was when they told me I had a brain disease and the medication they were giving me for that, of course, a lot of, um, not just the, the fatigue, but nauseous, um, fatigue, uh, dizziness, a lot of that stuff came with the medication. And the industry I was working in, with the trucks and automotive, I couldn't continue my job as a service manager anymore. So it took me out of work. And that was hard for me as a young man trying to you know, do things that I needed to do was to tell me that I can't work anymore. And so that kind of really took me out. You know, lupus has not stopped me or any of these illnesses have not stopped me for the past, you know, up to 25 years until I got uh, taken out because of the brain disease. And then telling me now that I can't continue work anymore, it was kind of hard for me to accept. But when I did accept it, I just turned all this, you know, the, the way that I am into another passion. And that passion is to advocate for the same disease that debilitated me for the past, you know, 27 years now. So for, for me, that, that's, that, that was something that, that I didn't really talk much about having lupus throughout the years because of the fact that one, it wasn't a lot of people that knew much about it. I included myself in the first diagnosis. And then two, because I was told that it was a woman's disease in the very beginning, that's something that stuck with me as well. And now that they're going to tell me that, that, you know, that this disease is no cure, you're stuck with it the rest of your life, it's a woman's disease. Nah, I didn't talk about it much at all. I had like too much pride in me to say that I was sick, even, you know, just sick. And as a person of color, you know, with the industry that I was in, I, I was even, I'm not going to say lucky because I earned my position as a manager, but then to be seen being sick, you know, I didn't want them to feel that now there's points against me that I couldn't do my job. So I pushed through it as much as I can. And I did. If it wasn't for, you know, the brain diagnosis, I'd be working right now, more likely, <laughs> except for the certain other failures that I've had. So currently, right now, I am going through another kidney failure. The kidney transplant that I had was about 10 years ago. And my bro I got a donated kidney to me from my brother that lasted nine and a half years until it failed again just these past few months. So currently now, I'm on dialysis now and getting geared up for my next, my second kidney transplant will be my, and then my third overall transplant. So I'm in good spirits and waiting for this to happen. It's gonna happen because I've gotten through all of this all this time. I'm still continuing my path of advocating and doing what I gotta do for lupus, men's mental health, and, and just keep trying to inspire those that feel like they can't and let them know that they can. I can't hear you, April, you're on mute. I'm pressing the wrong unmute buttons. There okay. you are. <laughs> I pressed all, all kinds of stuff. Okay. But yeah, thank you, Emmett. And so, you know, the spirit of the Sisterhood of Limitless Living podcast, you're definitely so much of it, right? So, you know, we hear so much, you know, when you're first diagnosed and you, you join different support groups and you, you see these people, like the first support group I joined, I got really scared. I felt like they were, they, they were telling me all these horrible things that were going to happen to me, right? And 
how how did you get beyond the it seems more common perspective of like my life sucks I'm miserable blah 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 right someone fix me like how how did you get beyond that I had bigger things on my mind besides like I said me being sick um I, I I was I was a young man and and again raising my kids and working in a high position getting paid really good money for a person my age was was like all that was on my mind so to tell me that I have kidney failure I guess mentally I took it like I'm ah, no big deal I'll be okay the doctors are helping me out there's meds I could take care of it I should be fine but that's what I knew at the time never been sick prior to being diagnosed so didn't think anything at all so it wasn't really any type of down or depressed state to where why me why have why you know do i have this disease or anything like that or what am i going to do now what's next it wasn't like that it was just stay on your routine keep doing what you're doing every single day and hopefully you know things will just turn around and turn you know at the time I didn't know what was ahead of me. I didn't know that all my organs were going to have a part of this. I did not know any of that. And so knowing what I know now, yes. How would I tell somebody today, you know, don't take it light. How would I tell somebody today, you do have to consider what you're going through, what your future possibly can look like and prepare yourself for it. I, I was just living at the moment at the time, not thinking of the future, but for me, it worked, but what worked for me may not work for anybody else or everybody else. We all have to find our own ways of getting through our lives and how we deal with things because again, it's always gonna be different. Thank you. And so how would you define um, you know, the idea of limitlessness as someone with an autoimmune condition? that there are no limits. You can keep on going. It's just that mentally, you have to believe that within yourself. If you believe that within yourself mentally, then you put a plan together for yourself and your body will physically keep up with you on that plan. But if your body and your physical mind aren't you know, gonna meet together, it's gonna be hard to make that happen. Convincing yourself mentally and thriving for it is just the way to do it. At least again, that had worked for me. And I'm doing what I'm doing today because of that. You know, I felt that, yeah, you, I may have been diagnosed. I may have these certain failures going on and this and that, but it's limit on what I still can do. I can still go out there and do things to where I'm not gonna let this deter or change my route of what I'm trying to do in life. So, and then for, for, for your mental state, it's just gonna make you feel like you've achieved something. And that achieve could be the simple thing is just living. It's just living. Yeah, sometimes it's just um, getting through the next day, right? Getting through the next minute and the next hour, the next breath, all That's of it. it. And yep. um, so tell us a little bit about the adventures you went through this year, you know, kind okay. of the uh, everything is possible. Well, yeah, a few things that, that you know, since I've been advocating for is, is way, a way to put lupus more on the map you know, especially with men and not just put lupus on the map with men, but put men on the map with their mental health and being strong and being able to, you know, kind of talk about what's going on with us inside instead of holding it in all the time. So I, I try to put out some events. I have a men's support group 
that I do monthly for men with lupus to kind of let us talk about some of the things that we go through that they may not feel comfortable talking to their partners with or other people with, but talking to other men that are going through the same things and seeing how we open up. I've noticed that that's been a huge impact on a lot of people. So that's definitely one of the biggest things that I love to have and keep on going with that. I threw a gala which was just all of a sudden, let's just throw a little lupus get together party and, and have everybody wearing purple. Let's have it catered, let's have it music and let's just have a get together. I mean, no special occasion. It wasn't in May, which is Lupus Awareness Month. It was outside of May. So just to show that we can also have a get together and honor lupus on any given time of the year. Lupus just isn't celebrated in May. We have it 365 days a year. Why can't we do something about it 365 days a year? So having this gala was just a big reminder to people to where it's like, hey, lupus is out there, but yet we can celebrate not the fact that we have lupus, but celebrate that we're living with lupus. So I, it was a huge success. You would know, April, you were there. And Love I thank it. you for coming. And uh, it, it was just something that was big. Another thing too, prior to um, the gala, I took a trip to Africa. And do, going to Africa, I was able to spread lupus awareness there. We had meetings. We had two big meetings in two different cities with councilmen, politicians, and doctors, and lupus support groups to talk about lupus, making lupus more visible in a country that pretty much has no, not much, should I say, education experience or anything to do with lupus, and just to bring it out there because lupus, again, is 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 one of those undermined type of illnesses that's out there, but not too many people know about it. You may have heard of it, but not too many people know about it. So for me to be able to do that was was something that was just a dream. When you start advocating, you know, it's big enough to do it in your own town, but then with social media exploding everywhere and being able to reach people across the country, across the world, and then physically going to these places, it's like you're really putting your word out. And for people to see that, I think it's just a way, again, to people to, to know what lupus is about. And then to find out that it's something that's kind of rare in men. Not only is it rare, what is rare in men is, is you know men with lupus, but what's even more rare is men talking about lupus. So for me to come out as a lupus advocate being a male, I've seen that it's gotten a lot of, so I, I'm not, I mean, more so should I say in the spotlight to where I've been asked to do a lot of speakings. I've been asked to do a lot of um, presentations in a lot of different places, support groups, being on podcasts, being on different types of shows. But again, it's more of just saying that men have lupus too. Men can go through some of these things that you know other people go to. And at the same time, we're not ashamed or weak when we talk about it. Letting other guys know that. Because again, one of the biggest things for men is stress. And when we hold things in is what, it's what builds up. So there's a lot of people I know in a position like myself that has autoimmune diseases that we sometimes just need to talk and let it out. But if we're too prideful, too macho, too big to talk about it, all we're doing is we're hurting ourselves mentally. So just opening it up and speaking about it kind of lifts a lot of that weight off of our shoulders for anybody, men and women. But you also have to know where these groups and organizations are that are like-minded that can accept what you're saying. Thank you. And that's really important, the power of like the like-minded group, right? Because there are different ways of thinking about things. And yeah. so, you know, I think we can respect people and their different journeys and there are different journeys. I think there are people who 
you know, for various reasons are still very afraid of the condition and afraid of, you know, like facing it, you know, and there are people who are in denial and it is, you know, it, it is something that people go through. So um, honoring people in their journey is, is nice and, and helpful. Um, but yeah, um, I guess it really is important. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff to say and a lot of things that I shouldn't say, but um, <laughs> along that journey, because, you know, we can all, we can all go there if we chose to, right? Um, yeah. And there is a point where, you know, sometimes you just have to say no to that and and make that step to like face it and right. um, be brave and, you know, move forward and, and find strength. And um so finding those communities is really important, right? So like the Sisterhood of Limitless Living, the ACI, the nonprofit, Emmett is our actually our monthly support group leader um, for the nonprofit, the Autoimmune Community Institute. And, um, you know, these different communities, even the Sisterhood of Limitless Living, which we'll be talking about in a second, a lot of these things are very proactive, right? There is, um, there's power when you make that decision to face your fear. There's power when you make that decision to say, what role can I play in making a change to what I'm going through, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I'd love for you to speak a little more on that um, in your experience. And, and with that being said, there's a lot of things, again, it, when diagnosed with any type of autoimmune disease, it is, it's a process. It's a process of, like I was mentioning earlier, of accepting. Um, a lot of times, again, being in denial or not accepting what's going on, it's reality. If you got diagnosed with an illness, the reality is, is that you got diagnosed with a sickness. Now, accepting that and then moving on from there is something that you just have to go to keep going forward. A lot of times without the accepting part, a lot of people tend to dwell on that. And again, feel like, like you know, everything is done. My life is ruined. My career is done and this and that. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that fall into that because of that, which I'm not going to say that it's a normal thing, but it's just that, again, without the education of knowing that the, about this disease or what your limits are, it's going to be really tough to, to kind of accept that. So once you do that and you're able to kind of get through to it, at least like in my case, it was just more of, okay, I got over this, I got over that. I need to read up on it. What can possibly happen to me with this disease? How can I get over it and be prepared for the next time? And then of course, you know, it, it's, it is life changing because certain habits would have to change. You know, certain diet restrictions, um, drinking alcohol, certain things that are not good for the health when you come to this because that's just how you're just gonna elevate symptoms even more. If you wanna beat this disease or be able to live with it, you just gotta kind of keep it calm as much as you can. So getting yourself to a position where that you can accept everything about it and accept a new change in lifestyle, a new change in things for the better, I think it's just the only way to get past. It's just the way to do it. Thank you. So um, tell us a little bit more about what's going on right now and, and what you have planned for the future. Um, 2022, this year, considering I just got into the kidney failure after some of these big adventures I had this year, I'm going to just chill for the next couple months into 2023. 2023 for Male Lupus Warriors is the nonprofit organization. I plan on trying to implement another event 
for the year, which that's still all under the making. I'm still gonna continue my support groups with you, with ACI. I have the men with lupus support group as well. Um, I'm on a couple different boards with different autoimmune organizations as well that I'm still doing with that. I have a merchandise line that I'm gonna revamp and do everything new on that for, for designs and things that I have for lupus um, because my daughter also has a few other autoimmune diseases. I'm kind of expanding into other autoimmune diseases because just because I have lupus doesn't mean that I only advocate for lupus. I advocate for health and wellness. So if it has anything that has to do with anybody just having any type of affirmation to feel better about any of their current situations, that's what I'm trying to promote. Not just with just lupus and people with that, because everybody that has any type, and it doesn't even have to be an illness, it could just be life that you're trying to have a hard time getting through, could need any type of uplifting and stuff like that. So that's kind of all what I plan on doing and and it's like I have so much things coming out. I just recently put a book out with, I am co-author with 11 other guys. And we're talking about our resilience of getting over life's hardships. And for me, it was my health, other guys going through other things, but I, I felt proud of doing that. Um, I still have a documentary that's coming out from an organization and also another series that's gonna be coming out. And then of course, just continuing to work on my own thing with my own book. Um, with a solo project on that. So there's a lot of things that I have, of course, it's just that my health is primary. So I'll be in search and having a campaign for myself to look for a new kidney because I'm gonna need one. Um, dialysis right now is, is crazy. Um, I'm doing four dialysis exchanges a day manually which I'm doing peritoneal. And if you guys are not familiar with that, it's I get this, this two liter bag that I kind of just fill myself with a perineal uh, tube in my stomach, dwell that for four hours, drain, fill again, dwell for four hours, drain. I do that all day, every day. So it kind of doesn't limit me from going out because I got a four hour window when I'm in that dwell time. But of course I can't do as much as I want. So, and I understand again, this is what I've accepted that this is a process in order for me to get better. And when I do get better, then I will hopefully go to peritoneal dialysis, which is on the machine one time a night, eight to 10 hours every single night. That way it frees me up in the day. I can continue with the nonprofit stuff and keep doing what I'm doing. So staying healthy primary is my first focus. <laughs> so you can see why I invited Emmett, right? There's nothing that's gonna stop Emmett from doing his <laughs> purpose, nothing. And I love his perspective. I love his mental health. I love the way he just has his mission. And no matter what happens to him, he's going to be there, you know, unless, you know, he has an appointment or something, but he is, he's there. He has something to do. As long as he has breath, he is here to do something and no one's going to stop him. <laughs> right. We love That's him. It. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, again, where the more that I accomplish, the more I can look at lupus and say, I got you. I got you, you know. You know, that's saying that, you know, I have lupus, it doesn't have me. And that's kind of one of the things I live by. Yeah, there are down times, of course. There are times I have to sit back and, you know, let my body do its thing. But you're down, but you're not out. And you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Thank you, Emma, for your beautiful story. Does, um, if, I, if I can, if you have any closing remarks, maybe we can do some um, Q&A after. Anytime, I'm here, whatever you need.
Right. So do you have any, like, you know, any powerful, anything that, um, you know, any words of inspiration? Well, it's, again, it's, it's like God puts us on this world to live our life, not to let other things run our life. And so there are hardships that we have to stand up and face, no matter what situation we're in or what we're doing. We just have to be as best as we can to be on top of it. It's okay to not be okay at a lot of times. It's okay to not be 100% in some of the things that you do because it's just impossible. I've accepted the fact that I'm not gonna be 100% in everything, but my 1% is a lot better than somebody that doesn't even wanna try. So continue to try, with, do what you gotta do. You're gonna prevail. There's always an ear that's out there that wants to listen, but if you do not speak up, you'll never know. You'll never know. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Emmett, for everything, as always. So grateful for you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sisterhood of Limitless Living. We would love to hear from you in terms of feedback, comments, anything about the future of public health as it relates to integrative and interconnected health. Feel free to email us at info at publichealthpodcasters.com or visit our website at sl3podcast.com.